Well, that's a theory of mine that I've been playing around with uh, as I spend a lot of time on the road here in Denver, which is notorious for bad driving. But I do believe these shots and boosters have, are zombifying the general public. Oh, they are. Dude, no, but you, you're going to appreciate this because you're on the road. I'm on the road all day. You're on the road all day, right? Mm -hmm. When you're delivering. Right. I really put this together, dude. The reason driving drives me nuts more than anything else in the world, right? Driving is the one thing you can do professionally yeah. that you have to do alongside amateurs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That's really funny. I'm never, yeah. I'm never doing plumbing work where a guy's first day plumbing is next to me and he has just as much say. Actually, he might have the right of way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm forced just to watch him and follow his bad lead you know what i mean like no other situation is like that except for driving where you have guys like me who are on the road eight hours a fucking day right i have to share the road with grandma who drives an hour a week right right <laughs> you know what i'm saying i do and this is funny um so i have adopted a new method for showing other drivers my displeasure in their driving performances i now do thumbs down so if someone's driving really slow ahead of me, I just expose my thumbs down way up in front of the steering wheel and I shake my head in displeasure and I put a frown on my face and I just give them a thumbs down. And I kid you not, nine times out of ten, that person will speed up. They'll speed up because... They'll see me behind them. I'm not giving them the middle finger. I'm not pissed. I'm not pissed. I'm disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. It's just like your dad when he yells at you, you know, fuck you too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just, when he looks at you and he's like, you know what? I don't care what you do. I'm just so disappointed. Yeah, I'm not like, mad. Like, oh, oh, that's that's worse. Just so, yell at me so I can yell at you back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So great move. Oh, it's great my, I've move. been I've been employing this for several months now. It is so effective. I came to and like how like let's say I then let's say they don't see me and they keep driving slow and I finally get to pull around them. I'm gonna extend my thumb over towards the dry, uh, passenger side and I'm gonna really emphasize a thumbs down. <laughs> And I'm gonna frown, and I'm gonna shake my head at them, and and they see it, and I just I think you are really onto something. The road is the only place where there's professionals and amateurs together, and, and you're us forced to sh to just share it. Well, you know, middle fingers and showing aggression and anger it does nothing, and a lot of people get glee out of seeing other people get angry. So a really effective tool on the road, I believe, for any other drivers out there is just give the other driver a, a stern frown shake your head and give him a thumbs down and uh really You're show this other that. driver shame on you you should know so better i'm gonna try, I'm gonna try that out because <laughs> i gotta tell you now it's happened to me twice where the middle finger led to a gun being pulled. yeah you don't want that <laughs> you don't want that that's, you know uh that's yeah. bad news but the thumbs down i really do believe uh the other that's person well it's just it's allowing that other driver to really contemplate for even just a few seconds you know what like, that's great for <laughs> is when somebody's not going at a green light and you're honking and they always look up in the mirror and if you're just sitting there with your thumbs down oh no oh, move on a green light and you honk mike move, you gotta go double thumbs down that's two thumbs double down thumbs, that's two dude. thumbs oh, down for me oh yeah. robert and ebert oh, oh yeah God, yeah dude. you're not just kidding <laughs> I'm not just giving you the Siskel. You're getting the Ebert. Oh, That's Siskel right. Ebert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robert Ebert was one guy, right? That's right. Large Siskel enough for two. Siskel Ebert. Yeah. You got Cisco too? Oh, Jeez. yeah. That's right. It's not just the Ebert, buddy. You're it's getting the Siskel. I gave you the Siskel. 
That's when you know you've done <laughs> fucked up, man. Dude, remember Cisco and Eber, you got two thumbs down. Oof. You might as well quit the business. Dude, well, <laughs> and here's the most, the real egregious actors, and if I have Emma in the car, uh... You're getting the four thumbs down. Oh, four. Oh, oh the double brutal, dude. Brutal. Because the dude's just an asshole, right? We're all assholes. Yes. But if the girl disagrees too, woo! Oh, yeah. You got the chick in the passenger also giving you the Especially thumbs down. Especially if you're a man, dude. She might as well just take your balls. Oh, right yeah. I oh. imagine any male driver that gets the four thumbs down from my car, they go home and cry for several hours oh, yeah. and think about their life. You got the long hair, so it just looks like two women. <laughs> two chicks. <You're> getting- <laughs> Man, you look like you're getting four thumbs from two women. That hot chick and the bearded lady both didn't like my driving. <laughs> that hot chick and the, the hot chick, and then that dude girl from Doctor Phil with that tranny. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta uh, tell you, man, you bear a strong resemblance to that girl from uh, <laughs> Doctor Phil. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you watch any of that? What was so funny, dude, is... No no offense, man, but, you know, you are my brother. You got good genes. You're prettier than that. You, you could probably be a prettier girl. That's right, people. That. Uh, audio listeners, don't yeah. worry. We'll be going video eventually, and you'll get to s- see these he's dashing the, good looks. He's got the soft features <laughs> of our mom with the rugged, good Roman looks of our dad. Frank's got it all. He's a Colorado <laughs> Jesus. Colorado Jesus, you know? Hold on. I got to say this, because our, 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 nobody, none of our listeners know this, right? Right. But in an Italian family, right, you make sausage every year. Yeah. And then you make a couple of capicolas. Right. Because right? it's, it's more money, it's harder to make. The capicola is like a delicatessen. Or it's a, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh... Do you only bring it out for the special occasion? <laughs> okay? <laughs> the specialist of occasion. So in, a, in an Italian family, nothing's more special than Jesus. You know? So on Jesus' birth... And on Jesus' death, Easter, <laughs> Easter and That's Christmas. Right. That's when it comes out. You know, it, it used to be we made one cup of cola, and we split it in half. And you got <laughs> half on Easter, you got half on Christmas, right? <laughs> Jesus' birth, Jesus' death, right? Now we have to make two cup of cola. Right? <laughs> one, one gets split up because Jesus, you only get one cup of cola. You know what I'm saying? So one gets split up. Jesus, you get half for your birth, half for your death. Mm. The other cup of cola, that's for the Colorado Jesus. <laughs> my, my brother Frank. When Frank comes to town, that's the only other time. Jesus had to come back from the dead to get the other half of the cup of cola. But Frank just has to come from Colorado and he gets a whole cup of cola. <laughs> and it's funny because he's got the long hair like Jesus and her parents are Joseph and Mary. Uh, it it's all so, works. You know? It works. Yeah. You're the Colorado Jesus, man. Stoner Jesus. That's it's I mean. so funny. It's so funny. No, oh, no, wait. no. There's only one Jesus, Mike. I would never take the Lord's name in vain like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Colorado. You're just as important, though, in Nona's eyes. In Nona's eyes, there's Jesus, then there's Frank, then God, <laughs> then Fauci. Which is which is the opposite of our uh, of our uh, Polish grandfather who he worshipped um, Ronald Reagan and then Pope John Paul yes. II. <laughs> oh, that was, yes, yes. <laughs> then Jesus. <laughs> that motherfucker had two. That motherfucker had two pictures in his office. Not his family. It was Ronald and Nancy Reagan and Pope Francis. Like, what do you? It doesn't get more conservative than that, man. Oh God, what a beautiful man! I wish he was alive today. I think I really think he died just because he went to sleep 
he had a dream of what was to come. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that because he literally died right before COVID hit. He died right before COVID. 93 years old. He just sat in you his know. chair and went. Well, oh, a survivor dude. of communist Poland and uh, a survivor of the yeah, fascist too, takeover dude. during the Holocaust. Hold on, man. This motherfucker. You know. Hold on. I got to give some credit for credit, dude. This motherfucker, super successful architect, right? Super successful architect. He 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 went you know he worked in Chicago for some really major firms. He worked on some really uh if you go to Oak Park there's a building that he helped rehab and it's actually like a landmark. Wow. Yeah, it's really crazy. The building's it's from incredible. like 1800s. Wow. You know, incredible. It's, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. So the man did all this, right? He didn't even want to be an architect. <laughs> right? Yeah. This guy couldn't go to school because of World War II. By the time World War II ended in Poland and he could go to school he was 23 years. It was like 23, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like 22 or 23. He goes to the polytechnic, you know, and he wants to be an engineer. That part of the fucking school was blown up. <laughs> like, wow. literally. Wow. This is that like, part of the school. Like, you're talking like uh, during. Oh, it was like 1945. Yeah. Like 19, like, We're talking like, uh, Blitzkrieg time. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is afterwards. This is like Poland just yeah, got annexed. It's already, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So okay, this is I after see what you're the saying. Blitzkrieg. The Blitzkrieg blew up all the buildings. Yes, okay. Like, literally, the war is finally over. He's happy. But he at, finally at this point, it's con- uh, communism has taken root in Poland. It's full communist. Yeah, it's full it's communist. full communist. So he goes there. He can't get into the. There's no engineering books. There's no. no they all got blown up, right? The only thing they had open was this architect class. So that's how he started studying architecture. Wow. Right? And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't all of engineering, but he wanted to be like, a, I think he wanted to be a civil engineer. And mm. that's where they were like, we couldn't do you know, something. You know. Anyways, so he becomes an architect. He gets drafted into the Communist Party because they just took the, not the best, but they just took bright students. You know what right. I mean? If you were a good student, they just took you. You finished school. Now you had to work for the Communist Party. Right. Right. And, dude, he used those connections to leave, come here, and become an architect, not even speaking English, working for engineering firms, right? Within a few years, he's building nuclear power plants in America. You know what I mean? Like Incredible. Incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the American dream, by the way, for everyone on the left who forgot. Uh, you dream the to only escape. Reason, oh God, I want to tell you the only reason he was able to come to America is because he was working. So I, I don't know if you know this, but John just spoke French. Parlez-vous français? Ha-ha, oui, yeah. oui. He didn't speak it really good. You know, at the end of his life, he didn't really speak it that well. But no, oui, speak, oui. No, he did speak French because the only way he was able to get out of Poland, working for the Communist Party, he was given this job to go to France. Right. Wow. And he escaped to America once he was in France. And then when he was in America, he was able to get a job at a engineering firm. And then he was able to sponsor his wife and daughter to come in. That's incredible. Think think about that, dude. You wouldn't be me. I know you. (laughs) Me and you, we would not be able to do that. (laughs) No, I'm retarded. Like the reason I'm the reason I'm fighting against Joe Biden so hard because if we go communist, man, I don't know where to go. There's no way I'm going to another country with another language. You know? No, this is it. We have microphones. That's all this we got. Yeah. I have to fix that. I have to keep this country good for me. I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> I can't learn Spanish, dude. I failed that shit twice in college. Hey, well, we talked about this way at the beginning of the pandemic. 
we can't allow this country, America cannot go down the route of communism because this is where all of the people who are escaping communism come to. Okay, this is it. We have, we're, this is the last. We're the light at the end of the tunnel. This is what it. What do you do yes. when that light dims so dark that you can't even see it? And this isn't you know something I mean? new. This is where our grandfather, which you just went into detail about, he literally had to, to escape communism in Poland, they had to learn French, escape through France, and then it took it took a long time. We're talking about a decade, and right? Then by, the time he, then by the time he gets to America, he doesn't know English. He only speaks French and Polish. <laughs> yeah. So he gets, he gets a job at, I forget what he got a job at. I think he got a job at a German engineering firm, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And there, were, uh, there was a guy there that spoke French. And he kind of helped him through his career. Dude, he started off, he started off like not making anything. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm he sure. Just worked, he worked so hard because he came here and his credentials didn't mean anything. So right. he, worked, he had to work like two, three times as hard as everybody else doing the same work just so that they could get him his American credentials and everything, dude. I really wish I would have recorded it because I spent a lot of time listening to him tell these stories, you know? Yeah. And now, and now you really, I don't know. Well, I was at a bad, I was at a bad time in my life when I was with him. So <laughs> I was just doing a lot of drinking and smoking and then. Oh, it was the right time to be with him. You know, it was the it was a yeah. really I'm really glad I had those those. Uh, he was a the, the thing about those men, the men of that area era are very hard men. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you just go visit, you know, if you were like us and you just visit Jaja, you know, on the holidays and everything, you never got to understand that man. You know what I mean? Right. But, but when you were there. On like a random Tuesday night when he was drinking, because you know what I mean. Because yeah. he got an email that you didn't know about. Something was bothering him, and he's drinking. He calls you down to his office at ten o'clock at night, and he's he starts rambling about getting old and like the things that like you know his pet. Like that's when you really learn about the man when you're sitting there drinking cognac and nobody's around. Right. And I really the problem was I was drinking too, so you can't really remember all of it. <laughs> that's you know point. what I mean? That's that's but part he, of it. <laughs> dude, those were the I just remember those nights, man. There were so many nights where me and him would just sit there drinking and we would talk and I would go to my room and I'm not joking, I'm not a guy that cries. You know what I mean? Right. But there were times where I would sit in my bed and I would just uh, tears would flow because I'd be like, This this is a nine year old man who Dude, he changed my whole perspective of life. I'm not even, and I'm, I'm not saying that to be like well, how so? dramatic or anything. Before I moved in, before I lived with Jaja, I really thought, I thought if you lived to be a hundred years old, you won. You were the winner. Hmm. You were the winner. Right. You made it. The you lottery ticket winner, right? for sure. Uh, you know, you did everything right. You clearly did everything right. You fought, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But when you live with a man who's in his 90s, right, and you listen to all his stories, you realize, dude, if you live to be 90, it has nothing to do. Living to be 90 is like surviving the army, right? Uh, they used to say, you know, like, who lives in battle, right? Right. Well, being strong helps you, mm -hmm. right? Being fast helps you. Being lucky is the best thing you could be. <laughs> But really, only God can tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the truth of also being 90 is 
you know, being lucky is the best thing you could be because there's the people that drink whiskey every day in their 90. There's people that, you know, right. people that do everything right in their 90. And it's like, uh, and one thing I learned from him was that really, you know, I, I remember when the he had three really good friends, right? Yeah. And I remember the day his last friend died because that was one of those nights where he just, you could tell something. You could, you could just tell he wanted to talk to somebody. For you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. It was just one of those, he was kind of acting weird. And mm-hmm. so, so we're sitting there and we're, you know, we start drinking, we start talking and, uh, you know, not drinking like, you know, pound or shit. We're drinking glasses of cognac. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. by the, the old man, you drink a glass of cognac, but by the third glass, you're so fucked up. But, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. like a, it's like a different drunk. You know what I mean? Right. And because uh, he could afford like the $200 bottle of cognac. Yeah, Dude, good stuff. one thing about living with Jaja, you realize... <laughs> He hid the good bottles of booze. <laughs> You'd go to his party and be like, oh, this is good cognac. Yeah, but when me and him are alone, he'd pull out the bottle from the office. That's when he would pull out the stock 84 brandy, dude. Brandy from Italy that you can't get in America, dude. That shit was unbelievable, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we would start talking. And he was the one that he was the, he really made me realize he said, because uh, he would say it over and over again during those moments where he would say, uh, the guy who lives the longest lives long enough to see everybody else die. And it really made me think about my time, like in the military. And it was like every, everybody who died, and like, like we didn't lose anybody to combat cause we weren't a combat unit. Right. You know? But we, you know, we did lose guys to suicide. We lost guys to accidents and everything. Right. It was like <clears throat> those guys, the, you know, they got the ceremony and they got the everything. They were heroes. You know? Yeah. Their parents, I guarantee you, their, pic- their parents have those pictures. They have the medals that were given to them posthumously. Like, they're they're always going to be that 19-year-old hero, right? Mm-hmm. And it made me think about, like, my life and how, like, dude, if I would have died when I was 23, I was a hero, right? If I die right now, I'm just a domestic terrorist loser who didn't get vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and it was like one of those things where it was like, you, you know, and it, it was really, dude, the way he put life into perspective. And I'm not saying you should die early or anything, but I think especially with this COVID and everything, it really showed how our um, – our goals are just wrong, dude. You shouldn't strive to live to be a hundred. You should strive hmm. to have sixty great years. Right. I would rather have sixty great years than ninety years of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, Pete Pete Townsend, right, of the Who, right? I hope I die before I get old, right? And then, uh, what yeah. did um. What did Kurt Cobain say uh, in the 90s? I hope I die before I'm Pete Townsend. So, uh, you, know, like, you know what else he said? He says, better to burn out than fade away. Right. You know, what did they say in the comic books uh, in the Marvel? It's, uh, what was that? Um, a hero lives long en- only lives long enough to become the villain? Or what was you're, uh, you're thinking of Batman. Batman. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That was DC. Sorry, man. I'm- hey, hey, it's all... It's all a uh, good, good entertainment. I'm not a big nerd guy like that. No, no, not nerd, but, but like I'm not a big comic guy. Hey, hey, well, I, you know I what cover, I'm talking about though. Well, I cover our comic book area for the show. I'm, I'm the yeah, comic yeah, right, right. But what was that? You know what I'm talking about? Was it that was Batman? Yeah, it was yeah. In no, the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's but actually you, it's a guy who ends up becoming Two Face. It's Harvey Dent. Yes. You know. And that's the greatest dude. And I, I'm telling you, man, Jaja was the one that was really. Uh, 
So one of the things that got me is one thing that I don't think people realize. I was super, I was actually like super liberal democratic, right? At the time when I was living with the man. Right. And he was super conservative. And, and dude, I actually clarify it. He's 80s, con- like Reagan conservative. Oh, very different from today's conservative. Yeah, very, very different. Like oh, different yeah. breed. <laughs> and me and him would sit there and we would, dude, we would talk for hours. Yeah. What always what got me about when I lived with him you know how mom is, right? You can never really have a conversation with her. <laughs> right? We can only say that because she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's not just her. It's all Democrats, right? Like, every Democrat has a fucking Republican parent. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and they're like, oh, you can't talk about politics with them. You can't talk about politics. Dude, me and Jaja would disagree. At the time, I thought I was actually a Bernie Sanders report, uh, supporter. I uh, donated to his campaign. <laughs> Yeah, same here. Not $10. even kidding. Years ago. Right. You remember they bragged he got the most $5? I was one of the $10 donators. You well, know what we I were, mean? We were younger, and you know he swept up the nation. You know, it's very well, similar you know what I say? populism <laughs> you know what I say? to Trump. Well, you know what I say now? Because <laughs> you know, I'm only 34, but I'm like, dude, if, you're, if you tell me you're a Democrat in your 20s, I'm just like, aw, all right. <laughs> oh, cute. But, but if you're older than me and you're still a Democrat, I'm like, dude. Have you not lived? Like, you don't see enough. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what he always tried to tell me was like, and like, I didn't see it until I, I saw it. You know what I mean? Right. He always tried to get, everybody made me believe Jaja was just this super right wing, Reagan fucking, you know, whatever. Hates blacks, hates gays, like whatever. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until you sat down with the man and talked to him. It was like, okay, he doesn't hate gay people. His daughter is a lesbian and he knows, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He doesn't hate gay people. He just doesn't, he just thinks you should let kids come to that conclusion on their own when they're adults. Right. He thinks you shouldn't even introduce that idea to kids until they're in college. Right. And that's something I could agree. If you just tell me Jaja hates fags, I'm like, what? What a bigot. Fuck that guy, right? Right. But then, but then you're, you know, somebody else is like, well, no, no, no. He just doesn't think you should even talk about sex or anything with kids until they're old enough to really understand. Like, dude, if you're a 14-year-old kid and you're confused that you might be gay, dude, you're confused about life. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's a, it's a style. It's unique to your yeah. guys' character. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, did you happen to catch some Bill Maher on Friday? I, dude, I really couldn't believe it, but I gotta tell you, he's gonna have a hard time. He's really trying to, he's trying to straddle a line, but it's not a line. It's a gap. You know what I mean? Like, You're talking about the middle. We're, it's, yeah, it's a hard and place to be. He keeps trying to like appease the right i mean the left but it's like dude another shit did you see that fucking re- uh representative that was on there i forgot what his name was i can't remember his name either i didn't uh dude, he, yeah every answer he was trying so hard to just follow the party line you know what i mean and it was just yeah. falling apart right in front of his eyes the message of the dear leader yeah he had to follow dude, it dude uh it's over COVID is over Bill Maher has proven that it is. <laughs> Bill Maher has, I've been actually watching him the last several months. I, I tuned him out for a while, 
And then I kind of dove. You and everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah. Same reason yeah. why people tuned out Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah. But I, I jumped back in and I had noticed a trend where in his monologue and then in his final word or whatever that he does, that's kind of where he would typically bust out his, I wouldn't say re- you know, conservative viewpoints, but they're definitely, you know, libertarian, I guess, is how I would phrase it. But like now uh, to be honest with you, I actually I'm gonna actually give him credit on this. His his points are nineteen nineties liberal. Uh they're center, I guess. Which is nineteen nineties liberal. You know what I mean? Like I just don't nine <laughs> he really hasn't changed from like the person who voted for Clinton in the 90s his you know what i mean i mean my point about bill maher this whole time actually i take that back you've actually made this point several times which is bill maher hasn't changed the left the democrats have changed bill maher is exactly the same the democrats have just gone wildly to the left that so much so that now Bill Maher sounds like a Republican. <laughs> That's weird. That's a weird place for us to be societally, you know? So uh, I clipped together. Uh, I encourage everyone to see this episode with Bill Maher. It was Friday's episode. He had Barry Weiss, uh, this podcaster and commentator. as She used to work for the New York Times, I believe, and a few other mainstream publications. Now she's kind of an independent uh, journalist and does her own thing, but she went on some wild, fantastic tangents, basically yes. saying COVID's over. It's and time to stop. W- she's labeled left wing. She's left what side. Cra- yeah. What yeah. was crazy is you had Bill Maher and Barry Weiss, who are labeled left wing, on this show compared to the Democratic uh, uh, House of Representatives. <coughs> they sounded like fucking republicans you know what i mean and they were getting uproarious applause for what they were saying yeah so yes in my opinion this just is further and this furthers the example that or the idea that the narrative is collapsing around them oh this is why you saw the biggest shift from democrat registered democrats to registered republicans so i oh yeah it was a 16 point shift i believe yeah because this is exactly why because you guys have gone so listen when donald trump first took office one of the things i really didn't like is i was like all right they're gonna go crazy and they went too far right that's why the left won in 2020 you know what i mean right and then what did you guys do took it way too far to the left and you know not yeah I mean? and well they're losing guys like well you're losing bill you maher lost, you went so far left you lost Bill Maher. And don't get me wrong. What do you mean, if you watch dude? the whole episode, I mean, there's a fat chunk in there where he's he's all in on the Jan Sixth mumbo jumbo, and he is nobody all, cares about Jan Sixth. Nobody does, and he's all in, but he's all in on the narrative, and he's all he, he's still weirdly uh, he still pushes he ri- a lot of that. He toes the line. Toes the he line. Toes yeah, the line. he toes the line. He so, toes the line. but like I yeah. like I said earlier, he sort of sandwiches towing the line. With these kind of, uh, they sound conservative, but but they're just libertarian kind of liberal, what used to be liberal views. And uh, I clipped together just a few moments uh, in the beginning of a show, and then a little bit at the end of the show to show you kind of where Bill Maher is at here uh, these days. Now this it's just gone on too long. Nobody cares anymore. The, last night the Grubhub delivery guy was eating my French fries right in front of me. I mean. It, <laughs> 
too long. <laughs> People want to know when I can when can I get back to not going to the gym? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be open so I could pretend like I went. <laughs> I mean, on that one. <laughs> he still got it. I don't want to well, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Gyms were never so popular until they were closed down for COVID. <laughs> every every fat bitch in America was like, I go to the gym five days a week, but well, not since COVID. <laughs> bitch, you didn't gain 120 pounds over COVID. You fucking fat. And you're using this as an excuse, okay? <laughs> every fucking every girl on Tinder with a fucking Picture from a fucking 90 degree vertical view. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know the fatter you get, the, the, the more drastic the angle up. I, I can't relate to this, but uh, okay. I'll, I'll agree so, with you. I'll so agree with you. Like the fatter you are as a girl, <laughs> the higher the camera gets as you take the selfie. Because like if you're super fat, then you just want the cleavage. You know <laughs> <laughs> Life lessons from Mike. The, the higher the angle, the more they went to the gym before COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> ah, Back so. to Bill. World anymore? Your masked, paranoid world. You know, you go out. It's silly now. You know, you have your mask. You have to have a card. You have to have a booster. They scan your head. <laughs> like you're a cashier, and I'm a bunch of bananas. <laughs> I'm not bananas. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they go. have a they react really weirdly. Do you notice that? Like the audience, um, they don't know how to react. They have no idea how to react. It's really funny. That's kind of my favorite part about this this whole segment with him. Uh, so now uh, we're gonna cut. Uh, we're gonna fast forward now to the end of the show, essentially, where he does his final uh, his final whole thing. They're trying to feel good about themselves. It's not easy. They made a video. Did you see this with Tom Hanks narrating? Where Tom Hanks says, we are strong, we are courageous, we are resilient, and this is the land of the brave. Now put that diaper back on your face and go hide inside. <laughs> yes, dude, yes. Hold on, man. Yeah, I loved it. That was... <laughs> He's nailing I was... it. Okay, I was literally like this for the past two years. This guy's full of shit. Finally, he called them out. Finally, saying it right. You know what I mean? That was like an honest Bill Maher opinion. Like, yes, that was. You got Tom Hanks, dude. Uh, Fuck you. I, yeah, I, I thought about playing the Tom Hanks thing, but it just no, makes me vomit in my that mouth was a little. That just explained yeah. it all. Like, it was bullshit. It was Tom Hanks telling you how great America is for him. You want to know what the real truth? Listen to Tom Hanks' son, you know? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He, he went viral for being anti-vax and yeah. all this other stuff. One of the Hanks boys. You know why? Because uh, Tom Hanks' son doesn't get the fucking <laughs> royalties from uh, what's that shit where he was alone on the island? <laughs> it was a great joke. I just Cast away. remember the t- Castaway. Goddamn gay movie. <laughs> we'll continue with Bill. <laughs> not gay as in homosexual, but like '90s gay as in not cool. You know. Go ahead. <laughs> and then Biden comes on. <laughs> he said. We have faced so much, and we have, what we have done is what America has always done. We have gotten up. 
That's what I want. A 79-year-old president bragging about getting up. <laughs> That's right. You know America got up, and now we're going to make a cup of sake. We get up into our up. 90s, baby. <laughs> Sorry. We got a great show. We so, uh... <laughs> he did get the job done go, in 2020 when his nation needed him to beat Trump, and he did. But, but fair or not, to most people now, it looks like Joe Biden's get up and go got up and went. Yeah. No uh, they did not like that at all. Uh, you hear that crowd? Oh, dude, dude they're groaning. That oh. That's a California crowd, baby. Oh, man. At the beginning of the show, the very beginning, he makes a joke uh, about how it's so good to see all their masked faces again. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, he fucking. Just so you know, uh, that's an LA crowd. That's that's more fake titties than real brain. (laughs) Big dick energy coming out of the Democratic Party. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, man. He's right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That dude. Whatever, dude. Whatever you gotta say about Donald. I don't care. I'm not actually talking about dick size. He has big dick energy. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Donald Trump big, walks into the room. He has big tie energy. We'll give him that. Yeah, Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 Donald Trump walks into the room like he has the biggest dick in the room. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that. So all you guys out there who think you're good looking, who can and you can't get a girlfriend, you have to walk into the room. Like you have the biggest dick in the room, whether you do or not, the you just have to have that attitude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, yeah, well, famously, a lot of presidents were all about it, but famously, uh, Johnson was uh, really into it. Uh, he I go on a limb here, man. I'm gonna. I'm, I would bet me and you have a bigger penis than every president that ever lived. Not, you know why? Not Johnson. <laughs> no, no, even He's famous, dude. famous for it. Me, really? How big? He used to whip it out in front of reporters and ask them if they've ever seen anything so big in their life. Oh, that's pretty big. All right, I'm gonna give it to him. <laughs> you know, dude, the 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 stories about hold on, Johnson though, hold on, are though, hold hilarious. On, hold on, though, hold on, though, hold on, though. This is before Pornhub. That was five inches was big back then. <laughs> no, 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 dude. This is. <laughs> uh, I, you know, presidents. Um, Who's that Russian guy? You ever see Rasputin? Uh, you talking about Putin? No, 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 no. <laughs> Re- what's his name? Re- Resbu- Rasputin? Rasputin? The Russian dude. Is he alive right now? No, no, no. Okay. a long time. So, okay. So he like, he like ruined Russia like a long time ago pretty much because he had a big dick and he was fucking all like the leader's wives. Wow. Okay, I'm not familiar with the story, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Look it up, man. And like his dick, his dick is like on display today, man. It was like a seven. It was like a seven, eight inch hog, dude. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not good, but I mean, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've seen better in the shower. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Rasputin, but I will tell you in Paris, um, in Pierre Lachey, where um, Oscar Wilde is buried. And a lot of fam- uh, Jim Morrison is buried there. It's yeah, a fam- yeah, yeah. it's a very yeah. famous graveyard. There is a grave. Mar- uh, it's um, the tombstone is of a man, 
and he's laid out, uh, laid laying down, and his uh, Johnson, for lack of a better word, is well endowed. It's like almost halfway to his knee. You know what I'm saying? And it's like totally nah. protruding through the pants on this gravestone. And it's a bronze thing, I believe, the statue or whatever. And uh, his his schlong is completely rubbed away. Uh, because women go and rub it if they want to become fertile there in France, in Paris. And anyways, the grave is of um, the man who was uh, allegedly and legendarily the um, uh, mystery, or the person that uh, Napoleon's wife was banging on the side. And Napoleon what? famously went and had him killed. And uh, as a fuck you to Napoleon, the guy who who carved the uh, plaque what? or the tombstone for this guy made his dick massive. Huge? <laughs> yeah. Like as big as Napoleon? Uh, ju- no. Yeah, essentially as long as Napoleon himself. And so uh, and then, and then so Fair. as is tradition in France and oh, Paris, wow. women, when they want to become fertile and have a baby, they go and rub his Johnson. Frank. To bring it back to Johnson. Uh, Frank, Frank, Frank. <laughs> Frank, I'm transferring, I'm, I'm converting my entire 401k into a statue fund (laughs) and when i die i want you to pay an artist but give him 90 (laughs) percent just for my dong and balls (laughs) 10 percent for the rest of the body It's a funny make statue. Him, to, it's a funny thing to see. Make it magical. Day. Oh, that is hilarious. I never heard yeah. that story, dude. The graveyard's incredible when, if you ever have the chance to go. It's like stepping into... Dude, that goes to show you, dude. You can conquer the world. You can have all the money in the world. But all that matters is who carves your dong in the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, Napoleon, you're a joke for all eternity. For short men who are angry. Right? This guy's got a huge cock. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a great story, and if you're ever in Paris, uh, it sounds kind of crazy, but... Uh, What's his name? I don't remember the guy's name. I don't even oh, think it's very know. important. It's just uh, if you go to Pierre Lachey, I believe is the name of it, uh, there's the graveyard. Jim Morrison, is his grave is there, and uh, this fella who banged Napoleon's wife... Um, and, and there's also uh, Oscar Wilde's his grave tomb thing is pretty interesting. Um, there's lipstick marks all over it, like thousands of lips. Yeah, women go there and kiss it. Ah, nice. Yeah, so pretty cool place. It's like stepping into like a Tim Burton movie. Uh, the way like the, uh, it's not like flat land. You know, it's like very kind of um, steep little mini hills and stuff, and kind of like you know hundred two hundred year old mini kind of tomb type things and it, it's it's a uh, it's a trip it really is to go uh, step into that place did you enjoy it yeah when you were there i had a great time uh i All got right, to so take for a- those of you who don't know uh let me tell you about dude man frank here visiting this uh cemetery <laughs> let me tell it we, we we're down to 10 minutes so let me tell yeah. it to this perspective of our father <laughs> Dude, man, Frank over here went to a community college where he took a class that would study American literature. (laughs) That's right. And in this class studying American literature, they decided to take a field trip where our father, as he tells the story. It was a semester. Where our father, as he tells the story, pays 
an ungodly amount of money. <laughs> so that, Two thousand so dollars. So, so that Frank could go to Europe, smoke weed on Jim Morrison's grave. It's <laughs> not entirely true. And, and come Close. back. And come back knowing more about Amsterdam prostitutes. Yeah, I spent a time in Amsterdam. Ameri- than American literature. <laughs> <laughs> Great time. <laughs> so, when you want to know what white privilege is, that's it. <laughs> it's really good stuff. I would never call that white, dude. White privilege was like having um a boat on your lake at your lake house. That's oh no, no, that, to us. But Frank, you don't understand that trip for you to Paris. Frank, I never went to Paris. I still to this day, I'm 34. I've never been to Paris. You went to Germany. You got a free- for five minutes, I chugged a bottle of absinthe <laughs> before I got on the plane. Describe Amsterdam the same way. <laughs> I had a fucking M16 in my hand, and I was wearing a fucking uniform. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... I'll tell you about paradise. Amsterdam was a great, great time because uh, it was before weed was really legal at all here in the United States. And so it, it was pretty much like the only place you can go to go like smoke weed. No, no, dude. It, everybody talked. About Amsterdam, it, it was, was the greatest experience. It. Yeah, yeah, it was really everybody, awesome. Back then, everybody everybody talked about BC because uh, in the nineties they held the cannabis cup. Right, right. And then everybody talked about going to either BC or uh, Amsterdam. And if you're a, if you're a poor kid in Chicago, they both of them might as well be on the moon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's another planet yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, yeah, I don't know. Let me invest in Elon Musk now. Maybe. I'll you know? Like, in the 90s, it was like, you're, not, I don't know. It was a different, dude, it really was a different world back then. <laughs> <laughs>